Welcome to the Young Money Diet Podcast. And today we will be talking about RRSPs or Registered Retirement Savings Programs. But first, let's talk about a hot take. I think for most meals, the default option should be to eat it in bowls over plates. So I understand there are some nuanced meals like tacos or steak that you might have to cut into it. But bowls, you should have a lot more of than plates and you should go to that more often than nods are. I, I, I do not agree. But I guess it would have to... I'm just thinking of my bowls I have in my house and they're so small. So like, if you had something like a large tortilla and you're trying to make a wrap, how are you going to wrap it up in on the bowl? It's not going to fit. Like lay flat out to prepare it. Yeah, so I would just have it prepared on like a chopping board or something and then just bring it to a bowl or... You know what? I guess we can we can get into the nitty gritty, but that's my hot take, and that's what it's called hot because I just don't see the utility of plates. Okay. Anyways, so let's uh, let's start talking about RSP. So, like I said, it just means like registered uh, retirement savings plan, and the easiest way I can explain it is it's just basically a tax advantaged or an income tax deferred savings account. So what that allows you to do is essentially if you move your money into that account, it's a savings account and it makes sure it doesn't get counted towards your taxable income. When I say taxable income, it's just specifically about income tax that we're talking about where the advantage carries through in an RRSP. So the easiest way to think about it is basically the government's trying to encourage you to start like saving up for your retirement and they're saying, hey, don't worry about taxes for this amount of money this year that you've put away. We can worry about this in 30 or 40 years whenever you choose to retire based on your age. So really, really simply, who can open an RRSP account? Um, you have to have Canadian tax dealing. So i.e. you could be a citizen, permanent resident, whatever. If you file taxes in Canada, that has to be a prerequisite for you to open an RRSP. You have to be between the ages of 18 to 71. Those are the times when you can have your RRSP. If you're younger than 18 with your parents' permission or your guardians, you can also open an RRSP account with any financial institution. So a simple rule of thumb is uh, RRSP is where money should go into and not come out until you are ready to retire with two caveats that we'll mention. There's really two really, really cool uses of uh, RRSPs with respect to education and buying your first home that we can get into a little bit later. Uh, why would we wanna look into RRSPs? So it's kind of simple. Um, really, it's one of the things is self-control is overrated. So <laughs> once you put money into RRSPs towards your retirement, you don't really have to worry about it because it's very restrictive in terms of taking money out. So you can just like let it grow there over time without having to pay any capital gains tax and just wait till you retire. And then you would just essentially pay income tax at that time. Um, speaking of that, your likelihood of your taxes at that point when you're retired to be lower than your current rate is also really, really high, which makes sense to make sure your taxable income, you can lower it today. And you can also start planning for your pension and your future at the same time and make sure you pay taxes when you withdraw money on that end. And then uh, essentially, you, it's something Roger's going to touch on a lot of employers, specifically if you are permanent full-time staff, they sometimes have incentives like a registered pension plan that Raj will mention over time that is very, very beneficial to, to use and that gets counted towards your RSP. So Raj, how do we get started 
What are our contribution limits? Walk us through it. Yeah, for sure. So like Wasif mentioned, the RRSP is really for the government to incentivize individuals to put money away for future retirement, as well as defer your taxes. So presumably when you retire, you have less expenses and you can withdraw less money and have a lower income and pay a lower tax bracket. And so that's the big incentive right. for the RRSP, uh, aside from some of the unique features that Wasif is going to mention. But in terms of how to get started, there's so many different resources out there. I personally started my RRSP with Bank of Montreal when I was young. My, my parents started, started it for me. And since then, I have explored many different banks, um, Toronto Dominion, RBC, and now I've landed in Quest Trade. But really, a lot of the RRSP... Bank accounts are very similar in their products and services and what they offer. One thing I will mention is it's important to be very clear on what type of account you want. And there's there's ultimately two. There's a self-directed account and then there's what I call the handcuffed account. But I mean, it's really just to have an account that you can buy the product and services of that bank. So predominantly mutual funds or GICs or CDs, whatever they might offer. Um, so for me personally, and what I recommend to other individuals is to go with the self-directed because you can still buy those terrible mutual fund products if that's what you're inclined to do. Uh, ultimately, I mean, we'll have a whole nother segment talking about investment strategies and products and comparing what is out there. But that's kind of a, right. a plug hot take uh, <laughs> for me. So <laughs> I'm going to just jump into uh, an example. So let me share my screen here. So for our podcast listeners, again, this is going to be a little bit unfortunate that it is a visual medium. We'll try to talk you through it so you're able to understand what's happening. But if you have access to um, YouTube, that would be fantastic for this episode. So you can tune in and see what we're talking about. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll try to wa walk through it just verbally as well as I'm going through this example. But as you can see on the screen here, we've got Fido the Fish. And Fido the Fish makes $50,000 a year before taxes. So this is what we call gross income. So the reason we're choosing $50,000 is just for pure simplicity of the math. And I'm mm -hmm. assuming that FIDO's tax rate is 25%. And now there's combined that I'm assuming combined federal and provincial taxes. Uh, so taxes is another episode that Wasif and I have pondered and and we will likely feature in the future Get but into. for simplicity mm -hmm. let's presume that Fido is paying 25% taxes so what does that mean that means throughout 2020 Fido has paid $12,500 in taxes and what the government does because people are irrational <laughs> they withhold those taxes through your employer throughout the year so when it comes time for tax season you've actually already paid predominantly most of the taxes. And if you overpay, then you might get some money back in a tax refund. And if you underpay, then you will owe the, the difference. But for this example, mm -hmm. let's say Fido's employer had it bang on and they've paid exactly $12,500, which is 25% of their income. So their net income now is $37,500. So where the RRSP right. comes into play, your contribution limit is 18% of your gross income or a maximum of $27,230, whichever is lower. So for right. FIDO, 18% of 50,000 is $9,000. 
That's this in blue. So what does that mean? That means Fido can contribute $9,000 into his or her RRSP. Let's presume that Fido has $5,000 that they want to contribute to the to their RRSP for the year. This would mean that their updated gross income as per the eyes of the CRA is $45,000. So how did I get that value? You get your gross income of 50000 or whatever you make, and you can deduct however much you've contributed to an RRSP. So we've deducted 5000 mm -hmm. And in terms of the CRA's eyes now, we've only made $45,000. So our taxes, if we had only made $45,000, is $11,250. So you can see we've paid $12,500, but now that we've deducted our income, we've only, we only actually owe $11,250. So that gives a tax refund to FIDO of $1,250. So it doesn't mean they've saved that money in tax. It means that at a later time when Fido retires, he, he or she can pull that $5,000 out and pay taxes on that at that time. But let's say that their tax rate is maybe only 15% or 10% instead of 25%. Exactly. So you can see as your income grows higher and higher and your tax rate is higher, it's more beneficial to put this money away in an RSP. So the next thing I want to talk about is I mentioned that FIDO's contribution limit is $9,000, but they've only allocated $5,000. So what about that extra $4,000? What does that mean? They haven't used that room. Did they lose that room? The answer is no. The nice thing with the RSP is that that value carries into the future. So Let's presume that FIDO for the following year makes another $50,000, exactly the same. That means mm -hmm. they can contribute 18% of that to their RSP. So this $9,000 is from their new income. And that $4,000 that they did not use and take advantage of last year carries forward into their future years. So their total contribution for the following year would be $13,000 and it goes in perpetuity meaning it can if they don't use it again and let's say they make another $50,000 they don't put any money in this year they would add another 9,000 to this etc etc so yeah. when they're maybe older and making $100,000 they have a lot more room that they can contribute to and defer some of their taxes and really take off that top part of the their income the, the top maximum tax bracket yeah, that makes sense, actually. So basically, the larger trend here is, you know, if you're making income uh, and you continue to work, which is most people until, you know, you're of the age of retirement, you'll just have a lot more cap available for you to dump on money into your, on your RRSPs over time. So like, let's say you're a responsible person. You've been doing that from ages 25 to 65 or whatever. You're ready to retire. Let's talk about the fun stuff, which is how do you withdraw money? Out of your RRSP. So for the uh, purpose of the example, we'll just say a mature RRSP is basically from age 55 and on. So someone who's looking to retire from the age of 55 to up to whenever. So for that, they really only have three options for you to start withdrawing money out of your RRSP. So option number one is you take a lump sum withdrawal payment. So for example, if you saved and your money grew to be a million dollars over time, once you start withdrawing that money, that money goes straight to your bank account. 
there is a withholding done by your financial institution, very sim simply put, very similar to your employer. You know how they would hold your taxes, Raj, withhold mine. Your financial institution will withhold a portion of your tax. And then also you would have to file that if your income. So for you to take a lump sum payment, your income for that year will be massive because you will just get to make a million dollars per year and pay an enormous amount of money in taxes. So obviously that's an ill-advised route very, very quickly in terms of tax withholding percentages. So every province in Canada outside of Quebec, it's just from $5,000 and down, they withhold 10%, 5,000 to 15,000, they withhold 20, 15,000 and up, they withhold 30%, just a general rule of thumb. And in Quebec, the percentages are 21, 26 and 31% respectively. So basically that's your lump sum option. The second one's the most common, which you alluded to Raj, which you just turn your RRSP account into an RRIF, which is a registered retirement income fund. And what that allows you to do is rather than taking a million dollar in one year, you just take a million dollar over 30 years. So you take 50,000, 50,000, 50,000 every single year, which means your tax hits are a lot more reasonable because you're only paying tax on the $50,000 worth of income that you've had that year. That's by far the most common option that people choose to go with. And by age of 71, all your RRSP has to be converted into an RRIF or otherwise, because after 71, you just simply are not allowed to hold an RRSP account. And the third option is just called annuities. And what that means is you can talk to a financial institution, give them a certain amount of money from your RRSP to them, and they guarantee every month or every year, uh, a some amount of money is going, a predetermined amount is going into your account. And that just gives you a peace of mind, make sure you don't have to worry about, you know, doing the math or whatever. So then there is no withholding of taxes. You just have to report that with your income exactly like you've been doing all your life when you're just making money from an employer. They're just taking that, taking care of that money and just giving you an annuity every single year. So that's basically the withdrawal. And then there's two sort of caveats. So the two caveats I want to mention is there's two cool use cases for an RRSP withdrawal that doesn't take an income tax hit. One of them is called the home buyer's plan. And then the other one's called lifelong learner's plan. So home buyer's plan, very simply put, allows you to take up to $35,000 from your RRSP and put it towards the down payment of a potential home you're looking to buy. Generally, it's really meant for first time home buyers. So people who are gonna use that as their primary residence and someone who hasn't owned a property in the last four calendar years. Generally, those are the criteria where you can get eligible for that and you can take up to a $35,000 amount from your RRSP and put that towards your down payment. So the only catch that is you have to pay that money back within 15 years into your RRSP. So if you took 35,000 out, you have 15 years to put 35,000 back in and there is no income tax implications going either way. So a lifelong learner's plan is very, very similar to that, which is you can take up to 20,000 Canadian dollars out of your RSP over a four year period. So you can with a maximum of $10,000 per year. So basically, if you're going to full time student in an educational institution, and you have a program that falls within that category, then you can take money out of your RSP to pay your tuition. So basically, you can take up to 20,000 over a four year period of time. The caveat to that is you have to, again, make it whole or make it net zero. You just have 
10 years to pay that back instead of 15.15 like the home buyer's plan right yeah. so those i think are very very two cool uses and we can try taking advantage of that i know you've took advantage of the home buyer's plan yourself right yeah right? so i encourage individuals to look into the home buyer's pl- program uh, especially for the younger folks that have been diligent and putting money into their rsp they can now take that money and mm-hmm. use it for utility to put on their down payment but you do have to pay yourself back that money over that 10 to 15 years time limit. So, one thing mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about is just okay, you've put money into your RSP, what exactly can you do with it in terms of investments? So, we talked about this briefly in the TFSA podcast and we're going to have an investment podcast on its own uh, episode, but mm-hmm. very simply put, you can do the same kind of things that you could do within your TFSA to some extent. You could buy leave it in cash, you could buy bonds, you could buy stocks, you can buy real estate investment trusts, you can buy different mutual funds. One thing now getting into my personal preferences with the RSP that's worth considering or thinking about if you're listening to this podcast. So if I go back to Fido the Fish who has $9,000 available to put into their TFSA. While they're only getting mm-hmm. taxed at the $50,000 tax bracket. Personally, if Fido is very meticulous and strategic with his or her money, I would say it's better off to carry that contribution until their middle age and making let's say $100,000. because you're paying a much higher tax on that $9,000. So we use 25% as an example for their tax rate. Maybe now they're paying 33 or 35%. They're going to have a lot more savings by putting that allocation into their RSP a lot later. However, to backpedal on my recommendation there, if you're the type of person that is very ill-equipped to manage your own money or if you've got money you're impulsive and you're going to spend it, oh, I've got $9,000, I should go buy whatever, a Peloton. Um <laughs> then it's a great avenue to put that money away and put it into something that is very restricting that is going to encourage you to leave it there and take it take it out when you need it. which is the intent of of the name right when you're going to uh, use it for right. retirement RSP Yeah no I I love that so I want to echo it and I just want to I guess put my thoughts in and then we can close off the episode here so uh, I like exactly what you said Raj and uh, my order is very simple for our folks that are listeners if you are you know a permanent or a full-time employee and you have the uh, advantage or opportunity to have an employer match fund through your account make sure you take advantage of that because it's basically certain usually up to a certain percent cap that they will give you some free money so for example if it's 5% of your income then your employer will match 5% great start there that's the easiest way to do it take advantage of that then we would like to say like you know contribute towards your tax free savings account so TFSA you can revisit that episode if you need a little bit of a refresher but if you want to put all your money that you have additional and save that way it's it's really flexible so you can use that as your emergency fund you can use that you know if unexpected um Uh, expenses come up in your personal life so that's where i would recommend anything after is exactly go with roger's advice in terms of you know you can start thinking into more nuances of how to use your rsp perhaps you want to double down mortgage payments or you know like you there's many many other ways you can use that but if you're in that situation you're in a very very good shape you potentially don't even need our advice at that point is the way i put it roger <laughs> hey everybody can learn from everybody 
Yeah, that's actually a very, very good point. And we learned a lot like researching for this episode ourselves too, Raj. So I think that's that's good thinking. But yeah, that's really all we have today. And then, you know, Raj and I are available for if you guys have any questions, leave comments in the YouTube video or just reach out to us if you know us personally. And always to remember to stay hungry. And stay humble. But one thing I want to mention before we close off, sorry, uh, is sure. that yeah. Wasif and I have just scratched the surface on the RRSP. Um, if you have any questions, please reach out. Uh, especially when it comes to taxation, a lot of people get into the weeds there. There are a lot more mm -hmm. nuances and rules within the RSP. We've just given a very simplistic high-level overview, which will cover 95% of, of cases uh, of people listening out there. But that's that's all I wanted to end off with. So sorry to break our, our no, uh, scheme of events there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay, everyone. Break a leg, make contributions towards your RSP, and then we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.